0: episode of sleep and relax ASMR. This episode I ramble about you versus wild and the decisions I may have taken instead and the show and on Bear grills and all that. Now perhaps you are not familiar with this series. Quite simple. I take a set of topics and I begin to ramble on and on about them. I am usually quite good at spewing pure nonsense, and this nonsense will help take your mind off of your days of worries and concerns, and you will feel the inevitable urge to simply fade away into your dreams and succumb to the sleep that I have induced. Now perhaps you are unaware of the show I am referencing in my title, title. I'm not sure if I enunciate it very well. That is one of my weak points. I find that the accent that I speak with uh, is not conducive to proper enunciation sometimes. Occasionally I will hear myself back during the editing process. And quality control, if you will And I will hear myself And did not understand what I'm saying I apologize I think if you would have told me Five years ago That I was going to be doing quality control On my enunciation On a podcast That features me whispering I would not have believed you I would have thought that you were totally insane. And yet, here I am. Okay, so the show. You vs. Wild is an interactive series on Netflix where us, the viewers, we the viewers, get to make key decisions to help Bear girls survive. During the episodes, he experiences some of the craziest terrain's And we get to call the shots. This is very akin to Black Mirror's Bandersnatch, a very well executed idea by Netflix. And I do think Black Mirror plays better, just because I think the technological dystopian theme that Black Mirror has, um, I'm not sure it sort of creates a better environment. Nonetheless, I really enjoyed. Episode about how insanely cool this guy is. Bear Grylls, that is. I thought he was just a survivor guy, this adventurous, but he has quite a history. And I assembled the intro to his wiki page. Listen to this. Edward Michael Grills, better known as Bear Grylls, is a British former SAS serviceman, survival instructor honorary lieutenant colonel, and outside his military career, an adventurer, writer, television presenter, and businessman. In July 2009, Grills was appointed the youngest ever chief scout of the United Kingdom and overseas territories at age 35, a post he has held for a second term since 2015. respect all servicemen and servicewomen, and I think it's incredibly difficult to be able to serve in a military capacity, both mentally and physically. However, when I look up SAS, what I see across a couple of different threads is that the equivalent to the SAS in the U.S. military would be the Army's Delta Force. So, needless to say, this guy is a pretty special of badass, and this just elevates that for me. But, uh, what I'm wondering is where he got the nickname Bear. Is it just because he's a survivor guy, and he thought it would be cool, or... I mean, it's a cool name. You get to dictate what Bear Grylls does The first episode, you are in sort of this... The Swiss Alps or something like that. Then you move on to a sort of desert terrain... ...and then a um, mountainous region. And you get to put Bear Grylls through all this crazy stuff. And yet, despite all this, he is so cheerful... ...as you make him do all of these crazy things. So, for example... ...one episode, he gave me an option grab a rattlesnake by the head, or by the tail. Originally, I decided by the head, and he successfully completed the task at hand. Upon replaying, I thought, why not see what will happen, as I'm sure many people thought, and by clicking on going for the tail, he gets bitten by the rattlesnake. Us out. He was just giving us a bit of a stern lecture about how to wrangle snakes and their dangers, so on and so forth. If it were me in that position, I wouldn't be the same. I wouldn't be so courteous. Another episode, we were in the Swiss Alps trying to survive. this terrain, we come across some bear poop and something else, like a a bark, a tree bark or something, and he gave us the option as to whether he would eat one or the other. I think you know which decision I went for, and he did it. He ate some of it. He didn't enjoy it, but he did it, and he had a smile on his face afterwards, not during he had this, this, you know, insane facial expression like like he was trying to keep it cool. You can tell that on on the exterior he's trying not to make you feel bad and he's trying not to crack. But it's you know, he's having such a hard time just because of the fact that he's eating something so un, un, you know, so so terribly unpleasant. saw a video of myself the other day while I was speaking to people and I was caught off guard by my facial expressions in my mind I kind of just in my mind as I'm speaking to people I think I'm keeping this one note kind of one tone expression but I was really caught off guard with how expressive my face was when listening and speaking and it makes me wonder what I look like when I'm doing things like running or lifting weights or when I get angry. My friend has this very strange thing he does where uh, when he lifts weights, we used to be workout buddies during college, either way, when he lifts weights he opens his eyes very wide when he pushes. And then, he nearly closes them entirely when he pulls. I do like the idea of a workout buddy, but I think a workout buddy is limited to just one, two people tops. I don't understand these group of eight high school kids that come to the gym and share the same machine or two. It's so counterproductive. If you guys are taking the time to come to the gym, why not take it seriously? I've never understood these groups that come together and just stare at each other while working out or they're just texting the whole time. You can text anywhere. I've always been just of the opinion that if you're going to take the time to do something, you may as well do it well. You may as well just focus on it. If you're going to take time to yourself, Enjoy that time to yourself. If you're going to take the time to go to the gym, take advantage of the fact that you're at the gym and you have these uh, tools and resources to better yourself physically. Why are you going to the gym just to look at a phone? That's my opinion. My whispered opinion. Those topics that, you know, I, I feel very strongly about for no real reason. It doesn't affect me. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know why. It's just a trend that I don't like. Um, if I think of any others, I'll start mentioning in this episode. Anyway, reverting. surprise, I discovered that people were trying to cause harm to him throughout the shows, trying to get him to do something that would actually hurt him. Now, first off, it's a Netflix show and this is a real person. They were never going to put him in that precarious of a situation. And number two, what's wrong with people? This is a real person and you're trying to harm him. about people trying to kill him throughout the show. From The Guardian, I see an article titled, You vs. Wild Review, I Tried So Hard to Feed Bear Grills to a Crocodile by Tim Dowling. So I'm just going to read this and give you my opinion as we go through it. Is somewhere along the meandering length of a jungle river with a mean looking crocodile in his path. Remarkably, he is also seeking my advice regarding the situation in which he finds himself. Should he try and scare the croc away or float past it underwater? I have been anticipating this moment for some time. You vs. Wild, which has just begun streaming on Netflix, is an interactive survival show in which the viewer is permitted make choices on Grill's behalf. You're in charge here, he says in the trailer. You're on this journey with me. It's a fast-paced voyage along the twisting branches of a decision tree in the style of Black Mirror Bandersnatch. The innovation may also be his program's most obvious weakness, undermining, as it does the whole notion of grill survivalist savoir fair. If the decision is so important, why the hell are you asking me? Okay. Um, You know, so, to me, the final part, if the decision is so important, why are you asking me? Do the decisions undermine grills? It's it's supposed to be a game. It's supposed to be, you know, a, a game that you play know, when you, when you watch a movie, decisions have been made, and just because you don't have a say in those decisions, it doesn't make it any, any more or less undermining, it doesn't, the bottom line here is, it's a Netflix show that isn't supposed to be taken that serious, it's supposed to be for pure entertainment, it's supposed to see, what would happen in either scenario. So why would the decision um, why would the entry or the introduction of decisions made by the viewer why does that undermine Bear Grylls at the end of the day he's still performing amazing tasks that we get to see and experience the difference alongside him At the start of episode one, or let's say level one, because it's basically a game, Quill shouts back at us from his seat on a seaplane, explaining that we are on a mission to find the missing Dr. Ramos, who works for an aid agency delivering vaccines to remote jungle villages. She's dedicated her life to saving children, he says, but now she's the one who needs saving. That's pretty much the extent of her backstory. We'll probably never find out if she has a way with mourned one-liners or any cats. Um, again, my criticism of this, this is not a uh, thesis on, you know, the... This is not supposed to be a, docu- a hardcore documentary on... Saving Dr. Ramos, this is a show, a scripted show, that is for entertainment purposes. I think reading it, or taking it beyond that, is misrepresenting and misconstruing and and, and not enjoying the show for what it is. You know, that's the extent of her backstory, because focus of this episode is not Dr. Ramos. It's not saving Dr. Ramos. It's the decisions that we make along our journey and seeing what impact they have as we for dealing with a crocodile. This, I should say, is a feature that could not be made to work on my television. I was forced to retreat to a computer screen to achieve interactivity. After I click the mouse, Grills turns to me, so you think it's a better idea to try and swim stealthily past him, he says. No, bear. No, I don't. But we've come to this point in the story three times already, and I've not yet been able to feed you to this crocodile. I sent you in with nothing but a slingshot and you survived. I went back and took your slingshot away and you survived. I just don't know what else to try. It probably doesn't count as a spoiler to inform you that it is impossible to murder Bear Grylls in the course of his own TV adventure. I did encounter a scenario that was equivalent of Game Over leaving Bear Grylls the bottom of a canyon with no way out where he might eventually perish if no one found him. I thought I had him at that point. I mean, I'm gonna assume that the writer is obviously going for some kind of just sarcasm or, you know, satire. Like the writer's I'm assuming just trying to be funny, right? Obviously, the writer is not trying to actually kill someone, but again, I, I think sometimes these you know writers, reviewers, they they overanalyze and overthink things. Not everything has to be uh, in the style that you prefer. Not everything has to be presented in a way that. something like this to say, you know, for me it's very morbid because if this were a fictional character then I'd understand but even writing something like I'm trying to feed him to crocodiles, again, for me it's very morbid. It's kind of strange in my opinion. But either way, I'll continue reading here. But I was not prepared sit with him while he slipped in and out of lucidity. It was either try again or quit. In most versions of this universe we do find the lovely Dr. Ramos at the end, but it's not a very emotional meeting. My Spanish is a little rusty, says Grills, but from what I can tell the doctor is very dehydrated. Ask her if she has any cats. In the early days of satellite television, I remember running across a low-budget afternoon show where a woman dealt blackjack for the viewer who could interact with her using the remote. It wasn't live, and yet we actually seemed to be playing cards. I thought it was a miracle until I realized that they had simply filmed every conceivable outcome, and that when I chose, I was basically switching between channel hit and channel stick. to be able to say that we've come a long way, but what You vs. Wild boasts in terms of complexity, it takes some time to exhaust all the possibilities available comes at the cost of narrative drive and actual survival advice. And once again, this show is not aimed at being a survival show in that sense. It's not Man versus Wild, like what Grills used to work on. This is a show for entertainment. It's a show like Bandersnatch. I don't think they're going for Here's How You Really Survive in These Terrains. I think it's some anecdotal advice and some good advice, but mostly it's entertainment. What happens if you do this? What happens if you do that? You'll never know if you've made the smartest choice unless you go back and try all the others and this, I promise you, will cause you to tire of Grills' company even faster than you might under ordinary jungle conditions. No matter which way you go, Grills keeps up a constant monologue of exposition, laying out your options and repeating your decisions back to you. It's diverting enough for a time, but it isn't long enough before you think. If you're going to make me edit all these programs for you, I want to be paid. Again, I think this guy totally misses the point of You vs. Wild. You vs. Wild, again, is not a hardcore survivor show. It's not Survivor Man. It's not Man vs. Wild. It is for our entertainment. satire aimed at being funny, but it's just kind of strange to read an article about someone who actually writes I'm trying to feed them to crocodiles. That, for me, at least, is something that uh, I perceive as being kind of odd language to use in that context. But either way, I mean, I thought the show was pretty good. You know, again, it wasn't thing I've ever seen on, on television. It's, it's not um, like Bandersnatch was better, like I said, but I think even if you just play a couple episodes, it's kind of fun to interact with him and see what happens. I think if they did a season two, I would definitely uh, want to watch that and enjoy that. I do understand the criticism of the dialogue or the monologues that go on. I mean, sometimes you make a decision and then he repeats the exact same thing. But, again, it's a real person, real setting. has to film everything twice. I mean, it's pretty difficult. So, either way, I enjoyed it. My favorite terrain were the Alps, like I said, where he had to survive, and we had the option of either making a, like a, a snow bed, right, where we just kind of dig in into the snow, and then he basically just sleeps in there, or next to a tree. The first time I did the snow bed, he goes in, he kind of creates this little claustrophobic, you know, basically like a little cave just for himself underground, and uh, he loves it. It's like, there's no space, and yet he's totally comfortable. And then in the other option, you know, he ends up uh, next to the tree overnight, and ice and snow. see how some of these things work out, but either way, I'd be curious to know if you guys have seen the show. Uh, What did you think? What decisions did you make throughout the show? You can always get in touch with me by emailing hello at sleepandrelaxasmr.com That's all for this uh, random ramble. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Thanks for listening.